0: I have a special guest today. So excited to share this episode of The Beauty Biz Show with you. Her name is Cheryl Lowe, and she is the wife of the Hollywood actor Rob Lowe. So there are four reasons that I was so excited to do this podcast. I share them throughout the show. You'll hear them. I'll just give you the skinny right now. First of all, Cheryl started in... In the working world as a makeup artist and became highly respected as a very gifted makeup artist. And she talks a lot about what that journey looked like. And the second reason I was excited to have her on is because being a spa owner in Los Angeles, I actually had a lot of celebrity wives as clients. And what I quickly learned was that their stories are actually fascinating, and I don't think they're shared or heard enough. So you're going to love Cheryl's story. And you're going to want to check out her jewelry line. We actually posted this on YouTube as well. She showcases some of her favorite pieces. So if you're listening on iTunes and you go, wait, I want to see these, be sure to head over to YouTube and just go to put Lori Crete in. The Beauty Biz Show will come up. You'll see it. We talk about her jewelry line. I wear one of her pieces all the time. I share why I actually bought this piece. You can go to CherylLowJewelry.com to check all of this out. But also I promised her that I would give Rob a shout out as he is starting a skincare line for men. So you're going to want to head over to Instagram and check out Rob's skincare line profile. And that actually is profile the number four men, profile for men and give his page a like as well. All right, guys, stay tuned. Enjoy the show. And I know you're going to love it. Okay, thanks. Thanks for being here today and listening in. This episode is sponsored by The Contract Vault, your all-access path to industry-specific contracts. So stop trying to make that general template work and get the contracts you really need because your business, now more than ever, deserves better than basic. So just go ahead and visit thecontractvault.com forward slash... REF forward slash beauty biz and use promo code Lori, L-O-R-I for 20% off your first month. Hello, and welcome to the beauty biz show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I'm a licensed esthetician, spa owner, industry consultant, speaker, and journalist, and the founder of the Beauty Biz Club, which is the only professional, success based society designed to dramatically up your bookings, increase your profits, and provide you with industry specific resources that are needed to succeed. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, please visit Beauty Biz Club. Now, I invite you to join me as I feature inspirational messages from industry gurus and practical tips to tap into your best success. Stay tuned for some serious beauty biz entertainment. Hey, everybody, it's Lori Crete here. Welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm really excited for our guest today. Hi, Cheryl Lowe. Hi, Lori. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great.
1: I'm really good. Gosh, considering everything going on, I'm doing really well. Well, where are you? Are you in Santa Barbara area? I'm in Santa Barbara area, but we've had a week of really smoky, you know, we have fires going on here in California. Well, you're in California. You're just south or somewhere Midland. But uh, the up north, everywhere, we're fighting these really, really horrific fires. So. My thoughts and prayers go out to all of the first responders, the firefighters, and all their families, and those affected by this fire in every way right now. It's just terrible. I think it's getting better, although I haven't, I haven't looked. But my air quality in Santa Barbara is better.
0: I'm excited. It was so bad last week. It's hot, too. I feel like we're just really being tested here in California right now. It's like you're going to earn this perfect year-round weather one way or another.
1: I mean, isn't that the truth between, I mean, I just think like, I think like four or five years ago, we had like a little mini, like tornado in Santa Barbara. And I thought, if, if anybody isn't telling me that we're not having some kind of, you know, climate issue, I don't know what to say. I mean, we had like a microburst and it took down trees. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here with my, one of my coworkers, my friend Jane, you remember?
0: Yeah, it's a microburst. It was crazy. It was crazy.
1: Cars were flipped. It was nuts. So, <laughs> but on to the good note is that I'm hoping 2021 is a very health and safety that we're not even like having to think about those things and we all can get on with our lives and get back to
0: doing it. Fingers crossed. Yep. Crushing with our businesses. At first I thought, okay, this is beautiful. Jay, my significant other, and I can sit outside and have deep conversations that go deeper than what did you do today? And now I'm over it. Like, let me go back to work. I mean, I don't make this joke. (laughs) We'll
1: sort of kind of not so serious about it It was like I was always like oh god Rob works so much he's always on the road he's always shooting you know entertainment long hours you know this is the interpersonal voices I wouldn't say this to people because I don't like to gripe about my first world life but I definitely would be like I wish I had more time with him I've had what like six months with him and now I'm just like don't you want to like hang out in the other room and watch TV. Don't you? Like, Don't you want to go back to work?
0: <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> yeah, a lot of my friends are flight attendants. That's what I did before I entered the beauty industry, and they felt the same way. God, I just want to be home. And now they're like, "Get me back on that airplane. <laughs> I need to be in my hotel room alone." I know so, Rob's away right now shooting. He just left
1: to Portugal. Oh, to wow! Leave. Yeah, he does a game show for Fox called Mental Samurai, which is so wonderful. And it's kind of like a trivia with this arm that moves around. It's like kind of space agents. I love it. And so they're shooting their second season. And I'm not even going to get into why it's in Portugal. It's a long story. I think even he was excited to sort of get out and go away and do something. I mean, we've had the, I would say, extreme, exciting, great, only greatness out of this pandemic has been the fact that our boys have been home. So I have a 26 year old and a 24 year old, two sons and they both lived in Los Angeles and getting them to come home for weekends was like, please, you know, just come visit us just one day. And now they've been living here and it's been amazing. I mean, I remember now a little bit why, when they moved away, I was like, okay, but um, I truly, I'm loving that part of it. And so when Rob went away, he was psyched to go, but he was like, "But yet, yeah, I really want to be with the boys." Like, what about me?
0: <laughs> like he always says such lovely things about you. We just listened to his podcast on the way to Vegas, and he always says such lovely things about you.
1: Oh, that's so that's, sweet. I mean, you know, yeah. we were friends for years before we dated, so we're truly the definition of best friends. I mean, we just like we we laugh about it now. Our circle of friends was the same. And so we're always like, oh, I know what so-and-so is up to. It's like we didn't have to do a lot of learning about each other's lives. We really knew from our tight little group that we hung out with. So that part is, I mean, every part of it is great, but that's one of the real ginormous perks.
0: We have a mutual friend, actually, that used to hang out with you back in those days. And I'll tell you, there are actually four reasons I'm so excited to have you here today. So this kind of segues into that. Can I share those with you? Yeah, four is my favorite number, so that's perfect. Oh, <laughs> awesome! Okay, well, you had my dream job in the '80s. Like, if I would have been on Sunset Boulevard, we would have been friends, and I would have been doing makeup with you, hanging out because it was my dream job. But I lived in Vermont. It seemed like a dream, literally, so far away. Well,
1: not only did I work in that area, but like at night, I would be hanging out at the Whiskey or the Rainbow. I mean, when I grew up in the '70s, I don't care how old that lets people know I am. I'm proud. When I grew up in the 70s, I mean, we would get ready and we'd go down and like, who's going to be at the Roxy? And I, I think I might have seen Bob Marley there. I, I mean, like, I just remember going, wow. People are always like, you saw who? And the whiskey. So the Sunset Strip was my, it was my nightlife. In a, I was a conservative strip girl. And the day job was real. When I had a night, that is, because working in the movie business, Vermont or not, I was just explaining to you, it is can be 16 hour days, can be six days a week. I mean, it's life. We, we, we used to joke that, not even joke, we would just discuss that the crew became a family and we were like gypsies on the road together. And we just like, at, you know, at the beginning of the movie, everybody was nervous. You'd all meet all these people, new people in your department. And then by the end, you're crying, saying goodbye to them. And like, oh, we work again on another movie. You know, it was like complete excitement, meeting new people and then grief saying goodbye. It was like
0: so many highs and lows. Wow. Well, Camille Calvin, do you remember Camille? You worked with her on a lot of jobs. That's right. She oh was my, my client mind. in my LA spa and she used to give me all the scoop on how crazy you guys were. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I
1: don't even I, I, a part of me is like, turn it off and let's talk. Uh, <laughs> But, um, because I have selective amnesia, it's one of my better qualities. <laughs>
0: so <laughs> Poor Camille, we come in and I go, but you guys had my dream job. I know you're here for, you know, a facial or spray tan, but can I just ask you about what your life was like then? So I do know a lot of behind the scenes stories.
1: I was a workaholic. So I would do like three movies a year. I mean, I just went one movie back to back to another, you know, I didn't like having downtime and where I would travel for my movies or my, my television shows or commercials, that was my adventures, you know. I would learn everything I could, and in, in my time off, about the cities and towns I was in, and I I would antique shop, and you know, we'll get into it later. But one of the things I oh, my favorite thing to do was to collect strands of beads or any kind of old museum type beads, and I started making jewelry at a very young age for friends and in my sort of surf and music culture I was in. But I would collect these beads, and I would make necklaces and do all this fun stuff. So. Other crew members, I had a best friend who she would look for pre-Civil War quilts. And, you know, we all had like these hobbies we did and mine was collecting beads. And so I always say I grew up in the movie business on location, traveling the world. And that's how that's what molded me into sort of the textures and layers to my inner girl. And I am grateful for that. And that's what the movie business did for me. And I remember being a little apprehensive about going down that track because it was I sort of fell into it. And it was at a time when there wasn't a lot of female makeup artists, too. By the time I was working with Camille, I'd already been doing it for quite a long time. And when I first started, it was a mostly male-dominant part of the business. So
0: that it too. So we grew up in Southern California. We just discovered Sherman Oaks. Yep. yep. Before, before that title was even invented, right, you said? Mm-hmm. Oh, just I saw that you were raised by a single mom and a grandma. And I loved that because I was so close to my grandma I was at her house every day. She lived across the street. So how did you find your way into the, the makeup world, the world of makeup?
1: Well, first of all, my mother was a hippie and she worked as a cocktail waitress. And so her I mean, this is like 60s and 70s. Imagine like this kind of retro cool hippie woman who was so pretty. And she wore the coolest stuff like she'd wear like like, let's say, like, I'm giving a reference somebody could look up, but Rudy Gernright back then. Or, you know, just like she'd wear these short dresses and these go-go boots and, like, you know, really cool jewelry that she'd get at thrift shops. And, I mean, she was just really – she just figured it out. She'd know how to do it. She didn't have the means, maybe financially, but she would – she was very creative. And I loved watching her get ready. I just remember thinking it was so cool, her makeup. It um, was a little, like – I don't know, Ali McGraw's kind of thing. And I'll think of some other people she reminded me of. And she loved her jewelry. And I remember when she would leave to go to work, I would just put it all on. I mean, seriously, like even her nice diamonds that she had gotten, I would put it all on and go down to the donut store to meet my friends. <laughs> uh, my mom would just be like, wait, I, I noticed my ring. And I'd be like, oh, shoot, you will run to my dresser and put it back. I forget. But I'd be like trucking on down to Whatever, whatever, Winchell's donuts at like seven at night when my mother was working, covered in her jewelry and her like purple fur coat. <laughs> I don't know. i mean be like 10. I don't even know how come I was allowed to walk down to the donut store at 10, but imagine loaded in all my mom's garb. So I was inspired very young, and that was in the valley. And I, you know, I don't, I just think that my mother and grandmother both worked really hard. So I know I saw. In these two role models, strong work ethic, family unit, you stick together, you know, female empowerment to the best they could. They weren't intellectuals, but they were doers. Like they got it done. I mean, they woke up in the morning and it was like to work, take care of you. Boom, boom, boom. My grandmother was born in Kentucky. She had 14 brothers and sisters born on a farm. So hard work came to her, you know, when she was old enough to walk probably, And she she instilled that in my mom, who had two jobs supporting my sister and I. My mom and dad got divorced at a young age, and my dad was sort of off. He was a single sort of playboy dating showgirls in Vegas. I mean, he was very colorful, a great guy, but super colorful. So I have this really wild, colorful background in that way. The hippie mom, but hardworking, the grandmother from this giant farm in Kentucky with all these siblings. So it's like, you know, everybody was very hands on. And my mother had one brother, my uncle, who was one of my, I remember that was the strong influence in my life. Like the father figure, my dad was just, you know, whatever rainbows and unicorns or Vegas. So my uncle was like, this is how you balance a checkbook. This is, this is how I want you to be independent. You don't need a man in your life to do any of that for you. You do it for yourself. I mean, it was like liberation before liberation was cool. And so I had this wonderful uncle who had never been married and my mom and her two daughters, my sister and I were his projects. And he was like, I don't want you to need anybody. I want you to need yourself and be there for yourself. I mean, it was incredible to have that. And so grew up in the Valley, had a bunch of girlfriends, very social back, you know, in, I shouldn't even say the day, the dates. And I just, and we were all surfer girls. I remember Every single day, how excited I'd be right when I would go over the canyon and I'd see the ocean and then I'd get to Malibu and I'd surf or, I mean, actually like we ditch school and get to the beach. <laughs> it was so important to me and that whole culture back then in the seventies of the music. I mean, you know, like the surf punks and the beach boys and I can name so many. I just, I loved it. It inspired me and I think that's where I first realized that's, that's what I am. I'm an artist and I express myself through my environment. That's what inspires me. And, you know, in the Valley, all my girlfriends were surfer girls as all, as everybody calls it. And, you know, we wore surfer girl clothes and we talked like that. And I know there were these two twins. They were so gorgeous. They had like long blonde hair down to their butts and skinny, tiny little bodies. And all the guys were like, Oh my God, there comes the so-and-so twins. And they talked exactly like that first, like now, that whole cliche Valley Girl talk. But they, <laughs> I swear to you, they started it. I mean, they were doing, we used to all oh, be like, oh my God, did you hear what they just said? Oh, they'd be like, oh my God. Or like, Daddy. <laughs> Gagging me with a spoon, all that, you know, I can't even do it now without just being so embarrassed. But I'm trying to think, of what are some of the other really great Valley terms? Do you do you know any of them? I looked so far away
0: on the remember for the show that I think it was Sarah Jessica Parker that actually was she on that show, Valley Girls. That's right. Gag spoon and I mean I the distance, the other one that
1: comes to mind. This was maybe around that time or before then. It was like also I remember that long
0: drawn out, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. So, my background.
1: When I, California,
0: I was like, these people do have their own language. I started calling people oh. dude. I'm like, but why am I saying this? No. Rob still calls people
1: dude. I mean, he'll, he'll be like, you know, meeting with like the head of a studio, a woman, and he'll be like, yeah, so
0: dude. I'm like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. <laughs> don't do that. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I started I saying it too. I'm like, that doesn't, that's not me. Why is it coming out of my mouth? So, it's. <laughs> As you're going to the beach and you're you're doing your thing and having fun, how did what was your first makeup shop? how did you find your way? Was it at like that one department store that had the makeup counter in the valley? Or how'd you, you know, I mean, it was, it was, No, <laughs>
1: it's true because in the Valley we had like May Company and yeah. uh, you know, then a bunch of boutiques. So what happened with me is when I was raised by mom and grandma, but then my mother remarried. And the guy she remarried owned a couple catering trucks and I'd go to work with him in the morning and I'd do the change belt. And every day we'd stop off at Fred Siegel in LA and he, every time I worked for him and that's how he'd pay me, buy me like a t-shirt or a pair of jeans or something. And I just remember the cosmetic counter there just looking at it like, you know, I couldn't leave there. And of course I was too young. I was like 10 or 11. I couldn't buy anything there. And he would just be like, I just remember him pulling me like, we got to go, we got, to and I'd just be looking at it all or like the jewelry. And that was my thing. But you know, what? it sort of sets in subconsciously. I didn't really, I sort of thought I just love fashion, but I didn't realize that I was always drawn to a certain part of it because I was too young to recognize that. When, and so he also was somebody who instilled strong work ethic at a young age. I was surrounded by them. When I graduated high school, I decided You know, my dream, which had always been to be a designer in some sense, I thought design clothes then, I went to design school. And, you know, when I was 14, I I told you I designed, I might have told you earlier, um, we weren't on the show yet, that I designed, I would get like beads from all over, like in Laguna Beach, they had these cool little bead stores, and I'd make cool necklaces for my girlfriends. It was like our surfer jewelry, surfer girl, on the that you can wear with your bikini, like little body belts before that was cool, made out of beads and stuff like that. I loved doing it. And then I when I was like eight or nine, I you know, we we had no money, so it wasn't like I could just get what I wanted. So I had to make what I wanted. And I would go to thrift stores and cut stuff up and sew and make really cool things, and everybody'd be like, That's so cool. So I kind of got it in my head early on. People liked what I was making. And for me it was a necessity. So and I remember doing saying to all my girls for my birthday party, everybody has to take their hands, put it in paint their jeans. So it was like paint your clothes party. And that's how we all came. So it just started young. After I graduated, I went to this design school. I loved it. And I, I leaned more towards fashion and clothing. And then when I really got down to it, I realized, do I really want to be downtown LA? It's away from the beach. I mean, the beach would always come you know, full circle to me or the ocean. And I just needed to be able to travel. I was like, what can I do where I can see the world? And clothing design isn't going to do that. In the meantime, a friend of mine had come and said, do you want to they're looking for some models to do this Valley girl catalog. So I was like, okay. And I just remember, I forget the guy's name. He was a DJ. His name was the poor man for K rock. And it was him. And I remember he was like laying on top of us girls and we were paddling his bottom thing. And that was the Valley girl catalog. I mean, calendar. And I don't remember what month I was. And that started. So I started modeling. I mean, I was never like the model, but I did it to make a living. And I thought, great. I'm going to also try to do, maybe I can style. I'm in design school. I could get like two paychecks. So I started styling. And then I had a professor at my design school who taught theatrical makeup. So I said, well, I'm going to learn a little makeup so that I can also do makeup styling and modeling. This is that, you know, little girl grown up with everybody kicking me out of bed, go go to work. So I started doing, I went to my mother's cabinet and I Got all my poor mother. I mean, I just took everything from her. Uh, I got all her makeup. I put it in a tackle box. I read Way Bandy's book on makeup artistry, like two of them, who I was obsessed with him. I did, I learned that for myself because I used to also put all my mom's makeup on and wear her jewelry down to the donut store. So then I read Way Bandy's book and I practiced on all the girls in the neighborhood. I sat all my sister's friends down and I just took photos and I created like a fake lookbook, uh, you know, whatever, of test shots. And I presented it to the photographers that I was modeling for. And they were like, great, you're hired. You can do makeup and modeling. And I fell madly in love with the makeup side of it. I ended up meeting with a woman in one of my shoots where she's like, yeah, I know this rep for Sebastian. You should maybe do Sebastian makeup. And so I worked at a salon in Studio City as a makeup artist for Sebastian. And in came Gary Marshall's wife. Gary Marshall recently passed away, but he was a a wonderful director. For those of you who don't know, did Pretty Woman. I mean, just, I can, his credits go on and on. He, you know, happy days back in the old days. And he was wonderful. And I did his wife's makeup and she said, my husband is a director. If you need any help. And he gave me my first start. I did a little, a project he funded from a female director. And I don't even know if it ever got made, but she was one of the actresses in Happy Days. And they stayed friends, and she became a director, and he funded her movie. I did the makeup, and one of the locations two weeks in caught fire. It was an old theater. And I was trapped up in the projection room where I was doing the makeup, and I, I remember somebody screaming, get out, get out, it's on fire. I was the last person to make it out of that building, and I couldn't bring any of my makeup, I should say, the stuff I grabbed from my mother's cabinet. And I remember it all burned, and Gary Marshall bought me All of my makeup, like state of the art from the professional makeup, movie makeup place. That was like, to me, the greatest thing. He was so generous. You know, may he rest in peace. He was a wonderful man and his lovely wife, Barbara. And that was, I thought this was meant to be, I love the makeup side. And it went from that movie with Gary Marshall to, I met a woman who took me as a mentor. I did eight years of movies with her. I mean, I've done over 40 or 50 movies. I've worked with, you know, with Al Pacino, the Harrison Ford's, Brad Pitt's, every, I mean, Julia Roberts, Gwyneth Paltrow did everybody's makeup in the end, but it just started, you know, I, I I got mentors and that's always my focus when I speak to anybody, like to you, Lori, or to anyone is it's so important to find mentors or to be a mentor. Yeah. you did, My whole mantra, I try to stop and say, you know, how can I help someone else with all these great things I've learned and All this incredible—I'm like a sponge. I've taken in so much. I have so much goodness from people around me because I didn't have much growing up, and everything was through mentors or, you know, really wonderful women that inspired me and empowered me, gifted me with their fairy dust. And I want to do that in return, and I hope I can little by little. But it was all about all this mentorship that helped me get to where I where I was. And one of the first women, the makeup business, she had been doing movies. She was Union, and again even she was never really the head of a department because it was always men then she made me her assistant and next thing i just like that was it i people love my work and i became a personal request for a lot of people and and i loved it i did it for like 19 or 20 years it's not how i met rob but it is how how that happened i mean you know we have mutual friends through my work in the movie business and and then I met him and we worked together and uh, which just solidified our friendship even more. We started dating shortly thereafter. We never dated on anything that we worked before we got married. And then after we got married, I did a couple jobs as his makeup artist and then he fired me. <laughs> <laughs> but so I got started in makeup artistry from sort of everything started from the desire to go to design school And then in order to pay for the design school, I modeled, which because I knew that wasn't going to be my life's goal or my dream. And I was a means to an end. And then, you know, one thing led to another because I listened to people. I stayed true to what I wanted to do, but I took in like, okay, this is in front of me now, beauty and makeup artistry. I did end up going to school and classes when I became an actual makeup artist versus my mother's cabinet makeup artist. But I did learn and became an esthetician. And I remember my first interview for Al Pacino. I think mean, Gary Marshall said, I'm doing a movie with Al Pacino. Do you want to interview to do the makeup? I said, I'd love to. And everybody was so nervous. Like, Oh my God, you're going to meet Al Pacino. Hi. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, what? You know, I actually looked at Al Pacino. I mean, the guy has blocked pores and he's a oh facial. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm not kidding. I remember going into the makeup trailer and there he sits the loveliest man. So professional. And he says, um, so what do you think? And I said, well, i I hope you don't find me rude. But the first thing I think is your skin is sallow. Your, you know, your pores are blocked. There's no life to it. Before we can do anything, we need to get some life back and some uh, some glow back in your skin. And he was like, you could do that. And I'm like, let's do it right now.
0: Oh, my God. Did I you did do your
1: right then and there? I did a facial on Al Pacino in my interview. And that was that I worked with him for like six years after that all the time.
0: This is so hilarious, and I wanted to, this segues right into the the second reason I'm so excited to have you here today, and that's because as a spa owner and esthetician, my spa was in Encino. I had the opportunity of just getting all these celebrity wives in. They became my clients, and really, their stories were so fascinating to me and never heard enough. So I'm excited to have you here just to tell your story. And you're proving my point. Like, fun stories, especially for estheticians. Did you go to Newberry School of Beauty? I did
1: not. I did not. I'm trying <laughs> to think. Let me think back on my school. It was like some little neighborhood, and I never even... Oh, I went to... It's come back to me. So do you remember Namie's?
0: Yes. Yeah. It's where I got my first tattoo cover-up.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. That's, That's where really it they, they had like They would teach, and it was more driven to... Make up artistry in the business, but you had to have a license, to become union. So that was how. Because I was thinking, was it Friends or Namie's? It might have been Friends.
0: Oh, I don't know that one. I know Namies, the two-story. Yeah, book. yeah. I think
1: Namie and, and Friends. They, those two guys were partners, and they branched off, and then Namie's became the big one. But I think before that, it was Friends, and they had classes because they would also teach you and prep you for the big union test for. Local 706, which I am still a member of. So, um, and at that time you had to have a license to do it. So no, I never went to an actual beauty school. I went to more of an industry where I got my license. But yeah. And I mean, are you kidding? The stories are so crazy from back then. Things are very different now. Thank God. I mean, you know, this was the
0: eighties. This is the eighties. Well, here's the thing. Like I used to, I've seen you sitting in the audience of Oprah just smiling and because I know so many women who are married to celebrities, I've always wondered, what the heck is her story? Because I bet you it's a good one. And so thank you for sharing it so freely today. Absolutely.
1: And honestly, even women like Oprah, who they are so incredible, they are great mentors. I've had the good fortune of becoming acquaintances with her and She's lovely. And even that day on the show, sitting there, she kept, she would come over in between when when they were, you know, doing commercial breaks or whatever it was and say to me, whispered like, so tell me, what is he, you know, and we would just talk. And she'd be like, tell me about you. And we got on great. So there's those kind of women. And, yeah, I mean, listen, when you're married to whether it's a male actor or female actor, whether you're the husband of a famous person or the wife of a famous person, you know, we attract like-minded individuals and so if you've got an entertainer who's like you know they're usually gypsy souls they're usually fun most of them some aren't and they attract people that have large personalities or maybe not large personalities but things that are similar and so there's a lot going on with significant others of entertainers you know i mean although i've met some that are very shy or don't really have a lot to say when you first meet them but still waters run deep
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing Rob up because I I never want to overlook somebody who's generous enough to share, but I'm like, if she doesn't mention him and I don't bring him up, my audience is never going to listen to my show again. So thank you for being so open with that
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Rob is, we've been friends for so long. If I didn't bring him up, that would be inauthentic. And, you know, I know that everybody gets so afraid because they don't want people to judge or to get a sense into their personal world. But you can also just be yourself, and I, I try to be myself and I try to be real and and bringing it without. If I don't bring Rob into it, there's nothing real about it because he is my life and I am his and our kids, and then it's extended outward from there. Or I wouldn't say that he is my life in the way that. To the real true meaning of that, but like we're together 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so there's a lot going on that overlaps. Duh, I'm gonna definitely go a
0: part of you, hey guys. Just a quick bit of information about the sponsor of today's show, the contract vault. Don't forget, I'm a licensed esthetician just like you, and I know the legal stuff seems scary and it seems expensive. I get asked all the time, Hey Lori, do you think this leasing agreement for my spa space is legit? Or what about this rental contract that I want to give to a potential esthetician that wants to rent space at my spa? Or does my COVID form cover my butt legally? And the truth is this is out of my scope of practice and out of yours. But it doesn't have to be scary, and it doesn't have to be expensive, because finally we have the Contract Vault, which provides all access to reliable contract templates specific to the beauty industry. On top of the contract, you even get access to the members-only Facebook group, where the founder Andrea Sager she teaches live every single month about all the legal stuff. So whether you've made one thousand dollars in your beauty practice or one million. Here's the deal. You are still responsible for the legal stuff, just like the Fortune 500 companies are, okay? So even if it's just you, even if it's you and a small team, you are still responsible for the legal stuff. And the Contract Vault aims to arm you with the legal knowledge in order to steer you clear of those cease and desist letters and those lawsuits. So go ahead, head over to thecontractvault.com forward slash ref forward slash beauty biz. And if you use the promo code Lori, L O R I, you do get 20% off your first month's membership. So again, this is a great way to gain access to legal knowledge and contract templates that you need for your beauty business. Again, the contract forward slash R E F forward slash beauty biz. And it's promo code Lori LORI for 20% off your first month. I'm really honored to have you here today. And that is because I just reached out to you. And I said, Hey, do you want to be on my show? Because the truth be told, my audience needs to hear from strong women like you right now. We're all in the beauty industry. We've been out of work for several months. And you didn't even hesitate. You said yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that is so cool. Thank you so much.
1: I thank you for asking me. I mean, it's my My moral compass and also my, you know, my life juice is being able to help and give back wherever I can. I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's so important right now during these tumultuous times, difficult in every level. Those are so many of us have been affected by COVID-19 and been affected by what it's like to be isolated at home or to have issues with their business or know people that do. And so important to just be there to be an ear for people or Just to say, you know, here I am isolated at home, but I want to talk to you all. You know, I have my struggles at work and, you know, my hurdles on a daily basis. And I love sharing how I get through those or how I don't.
0: What was your biggest struggle? You said you were one of the first females stepping into that type of industry. But was there something that kept reoccurring that you found you had to power through? or Maybe you were part of making a change surrounding when you were in the makeup world. I think it's a great question. I feel
1: like, you know, it was most careers were really male centric. And that is the truth, you know, and it's not like they discriminated against it, although some did. I just remember not letting that seep in and just saying, this is what I have to offer. And I'm going to persevere. I'm going to keep trying. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to become some voice piece yet for anybody like me, because I, I have to focus on getting in there and doing it. I just got to get in there and work. And I remember I had issues with the union on a movie I did with Al Pacino and he got a trailer and they wouldn't let me work on the Paramount lot yet until my status changed. And I'll put a makeup trailer out on the street and would come out there. So, I mean, there are a lot of men that are very supportive of women, you know, making their climb and being a part of their journey. Cause I mean, listen, we all know we, we have just as much to offer as any man and vice versa we, you know it's all it's all should be balanced and that it is not so that for that part i do whatever i can the thing about makeup artistry and you know working my way through it is i didn't really think like i'd wake up and it wasn't like i thought about what am i going to conquer today i woke up and i thought about like okay this is my work i want to be the best i can be and you know it's an art it's an art form so i would take a script and i'd break it down and my mind was in with those characters every single day you know that. I mean, when you're doing a fish, you're not thinking about what your grocery list is going to be or what you're going to cook for dinner. Are you trying not to? You know, I want to be all in. And yeah. have integrity is, you know, my, my big thing is loving very much so. And I wrote my little note because I don't want to jump ahead of myself here. But, you know, I really do believe, and I'll say this again later, love what you do and do what you love. And that just brings complete devotion and passion. So I had so much passion for my job that I wasn't really thinking about oh my god everybody's a man they're voting about me in a meeting you know I think about it today as I'm older how I can help younger women in that way but at that time I was just like man I just got to get through the day and I got to push and i got to be that girl that gets hired I got to work on that paramount lot I'm not going to be in this trailer for long what do I do you know
0: I was just like the wheels were spinning Well, I think something that's overlooked by so many people in general is the fact that hard work and integrity really positions you differently. It positions you for success. And you seem to be a perfect example of that.
1: And any job that any woman that's listening to this or, you know, I mean, it's like, if you love it and you want it, don't listen to the outside clutter. Don't stay within the voices inside and make that mantra positive. And if it's right and right for you, it's going to happen. I mean, granted, we all have we all have roadblocks in our lives. And, and for that, I can't speak, you know, but I can say that, you know, if that's what you want and is burning within you, you're going to go out and get it. you got to make it happen. You've got to try.
0: What is your astrological sign? Gemini, you have the good me here today. <laughs> oh, well, and there, you know what i always say this my gemini friends are the good crazy like you're the most fun to go out with at night for sure oh my word yeah well
1: i mean i try i remember when i was young it was always like the person organizing all the parties and then you know i was like be sure to invite people that are the life of the parties and my list in my head and you know as i got older i try to calm the gemini a little you know i try to keep the calmer personality forward So younger, when I was younger, the crazy one was always around.
0: But they are hard workers and they are innovative. For sure. Most Gemini's that I know.
1: I made the mistake of dating a Gemini man for like six years. And I thought, man, I'll never do that again. So I didn't.
0: My sister was just dating a Gemini. She'd call me with these crazy stories and I'd be like, but this is what you're going to get. This is where you're going to get. And you're probably never going to understand this person. So take the good and the bad. I'm a
1: firm believer. Like, you know what you're getting into. And then later on when you're like, wait, you know, I'm like, what do you think you're going to change that? Like, you knew. Yeah. I also say with Rob, I'm like, there's like, there's a lot of Rob in the room when he's in there, you know, but I'm like, I picked that. What's his
0: birthday sign? His astrological Pisces. Pisces. Okay. Yeah. So he's probably sensitive to your words sometimes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I
1: mean, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's sensitive to all. He's, he's a very gentle, strong, perfect balance. I'm grateful to have a Pisces because... And he loves the water. I mean, he loves the ocean. He loves surfing, swimming. I mean, he's like, got to be in
0: the water all the time. If we didn't live near the ocean, I don't know what would happen. What made you move from L.A. to Santa Barbara? Were you just over the whole Hollywood thing? Or did you have young kids when you guys moved?
1: It was Rob who was pushing and I was so petrified because I was still working and there was no way in Santa Barbara I could commute to LA to do any kind of freelance makeup artistry and I was a little nervous about it but he said let's just go look in Santa Barbara because we'd go to the hotel up here called the San Yosef Ranch for getaway weekends like once a year, I don't know, it was so beautiful and he'd always say I want to live up here one day and I'd always say why? You know thinking how could I ever leave LA? That's my, my girls, my everything is there And then we had our son, our eldest son, Matthew, and then the riots happened. Do you remember all of that in LA? And Rob was just like, that's it. We're going. So we came looking for houses and I thought this will pass. He'll change his mind. And we ended up finding something really beautiful that day. And he said to me, I think I'm going to make an offer. And I said, well, well, let's just talk about what that really means. The next thing I know, we're moving. (laughs) So, and then... I remember like the first month being a little bit melancholy about it. And then after that, the thought of being anywhere else would totally depress me. I've been here now like 27 or 28 years. I love it so much. It's just perfect. And if I want to go to LA, it's an hour and a half away.
0: Yeah. Santa Barbara is beautiful. That whole area is so pretty. And the weather is much better than the valley, I'm sure. We don't have the smog. (laughs) Yeah.
1: so many things are so much better than the valley <laughs> that's just because i grew up there but uh yeah so the weather up here the no traffic i mean we have a little bit i love how we all complain because it's an extra 10 minutes and like i remember in la it'd be an extra hour we have we if i want to go on a morning hike i'm right here if i want to go on a morning beach run i'm right it's all like right there it's just gorgeous i'm so blessed and so grateful
0: I think we all have our soul cities, and I used to be a flight attendant. And I remember landing in Palm Springs one night. I was living in Boston. It was January, and I went to my hotel room. Dark. I opened the the curtains, and I go, "This is it. someday I'm going to live here. This is where I'm going to grow old." So yours, you just took a little longer to discover it It was your soul city.
1: Oh well, you know what? I feel really connected to Palm Springs. When you say that, I mean Palm Springs brings out this. I feel like I don't know much about the afterlife or what I hear or read, but like the whole like we've been here before thing. I feel like I lived in Palm Springs at another time. My grandmother, my father's mother lived in Palm Springs. So we'd go there on weekends when I was super young. And I just remember, I say super young, I think I was probably just under 10. I remember the mountains and the desert and that smell. I mean, you know, like it's so beautiful. And the smell of the heat off the dirt into the mountain—it's like hard to describe, but when you're there, you know what I mean. And that sort of that calmness, that mana to it, and then that the '50s and '60s architecture. So it's like it's like a backdrop, the most picturesque. You can't even describe it. It's not like anywhere else in the world. And over my morning walk, and I can take pictures of cactus for like three hours and just forget about everything else. It's such a magical place for me. And it is the calmness and the stillness there that just gets me with the heat. And it, it's not like it's slow there, but it almost feels sometimes like time has stood still. And I just, when I was there and I was little, I mean, you'd see Frank Sinatra at a restaurant, you know, and everybody'd be like, oh, there's his house. And it was like Dean Martin. It was so cool. And it still has that. It
0: hasn't really shed that yet.
1: And that's also another thing I love about it. It's such a throwback.
0: From LA is starting to move out here. I'm like, just give me a few more years of no traffic because it's so crazy right now in LA. They're trickling out. You're probably seeing it up in your oh, area. Yeah. Too.
1: It's crazy up here, but down in, I've heard a couple of Rob's agents have bought houses down there. So fasten your seatbelt.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Actually we just went to see Rob, Jay and I did at the McCollum Theater for his, one I don't man, know man. what he called it, like one man stand up show. So Rob, a, that for
1: that? Rob does a one man show called Stories I Only Tell My Friends. Based on COVID, he's not out telling his friends any stories and shaking hands, but he will be back. I think he's supposed to be back sometime in the fall. Hopefully we don't hopefully we don't stay locked down and this gets better. But if not, it'll be next year. Yeah, he's done tons of them all over and he loves it. And it's basically Him getting up and acting out and telling great stories about his first book called Stories I Only Tell My Friends.
0: We had a blast. blast. It was our date night here in Palm
1: Springs. I can't believe I didn't know. Oh, I remember he did the one in Palm Springs. I wish I knew. I would have had you go back and say hello.
0: Oh, it was so good. We laughed and um, had a blast. So did you come with him to that one?
1: No, but I know he pokes fun at me about my obsession with family feud.
0: Oh, Yeah. And I like it when he tells a story about how mad you got at him for playing a fake saxophone for the Clintons. I mean, sometimes these actors,
1: they'll make, or, you know, whatever, they make these decisions. I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. It's one thing to act like you're playing saxophone in a movie, it's another to do it at a fundraiser where everybody there is going to believe you play sax. And (laughs) of course, it completely backfired on him, but in a good way. I mean, you know, he was found out. (laughs)
0: He can joke about it. So I guess that's good. But he does say Cheryl was so mad at me. And every time Jay and I hear that story, we laugh about it. That's funny. Oh, my
1: God. Well, I mean, you know, there's so many of those. Rob is like, I say this, he's literally one of the funniest people I know. So I mean, when he gets up there, I mean, I hope you
0: guys laughed.
1: There were some great stories other than him poking fun at me.
0: No, we did. We had a blast. And he was also very lovely. Like there was somebody in the audience that was a cameraman on what was the the show he was on the West wing. And he brought the guy up and said amazing things. So it was, it was mixed full of laughter and just kindness. And it was great. A really good show. So anyone listening that gets a chance to go on the fall, I'm giving him a shout out for that for sure. Oh my God. Well, thank you for saying that. And he'll be back
1: out at it soon. So we'll, you know, I don't know how people can find out about it. probably from his own Instagram and there's probably a website, something like that. But you know, he also, one thing great about Rob is everyone, you know, he loves, loves my jewelry. So to the point in which I created Mr. Lowe
0: and he now designs it. Oh my goodness. Well, that's the fourth reason that, and I'm so excited to share this with you that I'm glad that you're here. I'm obsessed with your jewelry Oh my gosh. and I have my favorite piece on. Can you see it? Oh, look it. I'm wearing it too today. A twin. That's my uniform. But I want to tell you the story behind it because I think when I went on and I did a little bit of research before you came on the show, I go, wow, her why behind her jewelry is totally why I have this piece on my arm all the time. So I can't wait to share this with you. When I left my LA spa, like leaving that part of my life, very similar to you leaving LA, I was sad because I had this amazing clientele. I had built a very successful business and I kind of walked away from it to come to Palm Springs. And whenever I do that, I always buy a piece of jewelry that's meaningful to me. So this was my leaving LA to keep on my wrist, to remind me you can rebuild a business because it's sparkly and it looks like a strong piece of jewelry. So your jewelry literally spoke to me. And continues to do so. It keeps me inspired to rebuilding my beauty biz.
1: Thank you. And I'm so happy to hear that. That's what keeps me going. I will say that, I mean, this is perfect natural organic segue. I genuinely started my business because it was a burning desire within me. I knew I always wanted to design jewelry and I was doing makeup artistry and I didn't know how to, I was like successful and I didn't know how to get out of that and make that move. And probably that transition resonates in my designs because that's exactly what you just described. I finally just made the move and said, I'm retiring from makeup and I'm going to pursue jewelry and I'm not going to do it for the world, you know, or for public consumption. I'm going to do it for my friends and just, you know, out of love because I want to be with my boys and raise my boys. And I started it in the dining room with my, with the woman that would help me with my kids and with the beads I had collected around the world with all of these, Great movies, And so there's a piece of all of my history and my passion in all of these gemstone bracelets I make. And I was one of the pioneers of doing these bracelets on elastic, because also, it was all about independence, you know, self esteem, like do this for myself. This is all about empowering women, giving that message out and giving back. And so I don't want somebody to have to latch my bracelet on for me, I want to be able to like, th- and, and stacking and layering personality more is more. So I started this whole beads on elastic, but there was like a couple other out there, but the gemstones were what did it for me, the spirituality, the meaning, like life is oh, filled with transitions and changes. And that's the beauty of it. If we look at it as the beauty, sometimes it can be fearful when you're, when you're, you know, closing a door, but you then until you make that bold move, you recognize there's one open for you. That's probably better. You know, and for me, leaving makeup artistry, which was my security blanket and what I thought, look, I'm an artist, I have to express myself, I have to express myself painting faces and then I, you know, there was something missing always. And it was that that desire to create these beautiful pieces of jewelry that bring out in each person that wears it something that it means to them. They don't envelop my jewelry, doesn't envelop them, they envelop my jewelry. It becomes an extension of them, doesn't define who they are.
0: So well, it is an extension of me. I very rarely take it off. I just, and that's, that's how I choose jewelry. Like I like a piece that I can just wear forever and not have to worry about it. And that piece is also really, really reminds me of the seventies because it's very,
1: you know, ID bracelets. I mean, that was the thing. Yes, I was, yes. Right. And was I was the first like, first gift I ever got from a boyfriend was an engraved with our name on it. ID bracelet. You, me too. I mean, I, I always end up designing my collections around the 70s it's so wild and i mean people are always like what inspires you i'm like the music of the 70s the nightlife of the 70s the fashion culture of the 70s the icons of the 70s all of it i love and
0: even if i weren't in high school during that time i still would love that think about it I the think- greatest decade ever Going back to like the second reason I'm happy that you're here is I think there's probably, and this is your opportunity to speak to this, a misconception that this is easy for you because of who you're married to. But I know because I've followed you, you were going to the gem shows. I know I heard Gwyneth Paltrow just say you got your own investors for this line. So share away. Tell me how far you work at this and how much it means to you. You know, I would say the
1: only great thing about being married to Rob Lowe that helped me with this business was the fact that he supports me in any decision I make, that he wants the best for me. And he is the kind of man who will say, I want you to follow your dreams. Do what you have to do. Do it, please go. And, you know, how can I help? He never in the beginning lent his name to it or asked me, even said, do you want any of that? And I never would have. This was, this is an extension of me. This was my passion. And also I didn't quite frankly care how successful at that time it was. I just cared that it would get out there and that it was about the spiritual resonance of it for me, what it meant. And, you know, that my girlfriends would be able to give it to their girlfriends or, you know, men could buy it for certain guy friends I knew could buy it for their partners or their sisters. I mean, that's what it was. It was like, you know, it's about getting, it's sharing the love. That's what I wanted to do. And so, I mean, in the beginning I invested my own money and he's a great partner to me in that way. So, you know, he was supportive and that's, that's how that other than as far as did his fame make a difference? No, you know, his fan base are not looking to buy my jewelry, to be perfectly honest. And um, it wasn't exactly my demographic in the beginning. It wasn't, you know, I was really designing it for my friend group and the kind of women I admired and looked up to. And a lot of those were the working woman, the nine to five, the the secretary, the personal assistant, the, you know, the nurse, the dental hygienist, the, you know, it's like that. It's the the woman that has the kid at home, you know, and goes out to work and comes and picks her kid back up. The working woman, I wanted to to make sure she could have access to my jewelry. I was not going to design completely a whole line based on price points that people couldn't
0: access. So well, that's I it. know you put so much hard work into it. I know you're even like at the Tucson gem show picking out the stones, right? 100%. I mean, that's my favorite thing. I think like all the girls, first of all, I have a team of 17
1: people that work with me and, mo- and all of them are women. I mean, it's just, you know, and always since the day I started, a portion of my proceeds go to women and children's organizations or, you know, whatever we can to give back. And And so the girls always at work are like, oh my God. Tucson Gem Show's coming. Show's going to go crazy, you know. And I drag like five people up from my company where most designers bring themselves and one other. I'm like, oh, she has to go. She has to experience it, you know. It's so bad, but so good. And I look forward to it. And I don't just go to the Tucson Gem Show. I go to, you know, Vegas, JCK. And, you know, I look around. I mean, remember, I started as a collector of gemstone beads. So to miss a gem show for me would be devastating. And as far as like, how involved I am outside of the marketing aspect of my company. I didn't even start marketing on my brand until a few years ago. And I've been doing this 15 years. Oh, so I it's didn't. like, um, yeah, 15 years. And I started and Neiman Marcus was one of my very first, I mean, Neiman Marcus is what everybody's calling the Rob Lowe in my life. It was them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were, they were the ones that said, "Will you please we saw VIP shopper, saw my jewelry on one of my friends and said, I have to have that here, called the corporate office. They set up a meeting with me. I was dying. I'm like, I don't have a collection. I just have a bunch of pieces on my dining room table. I put them all together. I met with the buyer. She was like, we'll take it for 10 doors. I was like, um, it's like me and my nanny. So (laughs) it was a great story. And it's also, I'm going to go back to, I, I really credit Maria Shriver, who's my friend of 30 years. We all know what an incredible woman she is. And if we don't, we should, because, uh, she, worked tirelessly on giving back and helping empower women. And right now she's focusing her life's work on separating Alzheimer's as a gender research and the difference, you know, two out of three cases diagnosed are women. And there's all sorts of stats I won't do now, but so she's incredible. And she's like, I said, she sprinkled that fairy dust on me, you know, get out there, Cheryl, your jewelry needs to be out there. It's beautiful. This is your passion. You know, you're going to be there for your kids, but do this for yourself. So it was really like a mixture of a really great group of people supporting me emotionally and intellectually at this. And Neiman Marcus came. I said, I'll do one door because I didn't want to miss out on my boys things. And I know what that would mean. What and does door mean? I'm not like you said they wanted 10 or but I don't know. What... So there's, I don't know how many, how many Neiman Marcus stores are there mm-hmm. at the time. there were like almost just under 40 or something, or maybe more but so they're called doors every okay. single location for oh, okay in, in our business is called a door one of the names it's called and they wanted me to be in multiple locations but i don't i knew i didn't have the infrastructure nor the finances to kind of to buy that kind of product so i wanted to start small which is one of my mantras is like don't get in over your head you know start small and build strong foundations before you move to the next one you know and i went into Beverly Hills, and I was selling out there. And then they said, would you do two more locations? And so I started hiring people, and that's really how the whole thing blossomed. And now I'm in Neiman Marcus, Saks Fifth Avenue, Bergdorf Goodman, Holt Renfrew Canada. I mean, I can name a lot of those, but my own e-com, Cheryl Lowe Designs, that's really my focus now because that's where I really get to express myself. I get to do my one oh,
0: of so they, where they can find like, what's the URL, of the website for that, where they can go shop your whole line. Cheryl low Jewelry.
1: Cheryl low And okay. I'm working really hard on it. My website's been, is being built now, but it is pretty, it's looking great. And more importantly, the pieces that are on it are the really truthfully the Cheryl's favorites because you know, sometimes I could only make one or I can make two or three of something and I can't send that to a place that has 30 doors.
0: My next purchase from your website written down here. I'm going to buy myself the diamond bezel spike earrings. Those are gorgeous. Oh, you'll never, those are like total everyday uniform. You
1: have the best side. Those are my hottest sellers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love those.
1: (laughs) You know, I mean, I love, this is my new, I mean, I love these gemstone hearts. I was just going to ask if you had a favorite stone. So the aquamarine is my favorite stone. Okay, Kate, come here, you. Oh,
0: that's oh, that so one? pretty. People listening that are beauty entrepreneurs or any kind of entrepreneur, think about what you did when you were young, you were obsessed with, and look at how it came full circle because even when you talk about your jewelry, there's this heightened level of passion coming out of your voice. Well, that's really sweet. Well, this year I was, or last
1: year I was lucky enough to be inducted Last year I was inducted and it's the, like the fashion designer council. It's the, it's amazing. And it is really, to me, it was like, I cried. Talked about what makes me cry. That made me cry. It was a lifelong dream. And I'm, I'm really blessed that they, they chose me. And based on your work and the difference you've made in the fashion industry and that you've set your own path and you have your own niche and it doesn't overlap with others. And I like to believe that I pioneered this whole layering and stacking look with sterling silver and diamonds so that you could wear it if you're at a lunch and then wear the same piece to dinner. So it's transitional. Like everything, remember I told you that this this line is all about embracing change and feeling comfortable with, with new things in life and empowered and strong by it. And, you know, this jewelry is, you know, when I first started, it was very different than anything out there. Like I couldn't find anything of what I wanted to wear, which was, long fun necklaces pieces that can stack with short and you know I mean that you could wear three of the same thing on your arm you'd have to go to Tiffany and buy one bracelet and mix it with a you know something else you found like me it's all stacking and layering together which is really fun and that's really what you know again it's done in a way where for any age and you don't feel like you're somebody you're not
0: I'm the type of girl if I buy a purse I want one really nice purse and my jewelry is kind of the same way I want to wear this in the pool in my bathing suit and then throw on my sundress to go to Mastro's and not have to do my whole jewelry and everything else all over.
1: You know, Gwyneth Paltrow is a friend of mine and I've done incredible work with her for Goop and we've sold out on Goop many times. And she was one of the first people to say, I love, I love, love, love the jewelry. I want you on Goop. And she came to me a few years back and said, I want a piece of jewelry that I could wear with my bikini on the beach you know, that feels like the ocean. And I designed this really cool long chain for her and it became the Gwyneth piece in my collection, which did really well. So it's interesting that you say that you want a piece that you can wear for X, Y, she was the same. And it was a piece that she could wear with basically just a bathing suit on and then throw it on over a t-shirt at night to go to dinner Yeah, and, you know, still feel like you're wearing your
0: fun bling, you know? Yeah, that's exactly how it feels to me. So... It's so crazy because I think, I believe in just divine timing and, you know, having a conversation, what makes you cry. I want to share a little bit of a story and then I want to see if you want to do a, a little collab with me. And this just happened when I went to check my mail this morning. Wow. My neighbor is like 12 years old and they got in a bad car accident right before Christmas. And I watched her today. Okay. We're all complaining about COVID and being on lockdown. I watched her dad trying to get her out of the car. She's not in a wheelchair. Oh, And I've watched her sitting in her yard, her whole soccer team went by with the parade, cheering her on. And she kind of could get out of the car herself today. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've watched her so powerfully heal her body. What if Cheryl and I could collaborate on a cool gemstone bracelet that I could walk over and give her? Because I think gifts, thoughtful gifts heal. So if you want to... You don't need to
1: collaborate. You can help decide what would be best, and we will give that to her as a gift to inspire her to keep on
0: bursting and pushing through her barriers. That's Right now, doing nice things for people is keeping me sane. That's right. Well, that's so sweet of
1: you. You pass the message on to me. I'll give a piece to her. I'll send it to you. You can present it to her, and it will be from us.
0: It's so tiny. She's so tiny. She's like 10 or 12 years old. She's probably 12 years old. So I just think when you, random acts of kindness, healing stones, just this will help heal this little girl that I've watched her legs literally start moving again. So I would love to. We got it. Yay. We're going to do that. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Those are the kind
1: of stories that make you cry at first. And then you're so, so grateful and pleased to hear That it turned out and that she, well, and that she's getting better. So yeah, I'm in on that, you know.
0: Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I know it's something that she'll take with her for the rest of her life, right? That somebody cared enough to do this for her. Thank you for doing that for
1: her. And I'm, I'm just a, a small part of it and I'm thrilled to be asked.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that. And then, oh my goodness. So Sheryl Lowe is how people, cause they're going to, and for those of you guys listening on iTunes, head over to YouTube because this is where we're showcasing the jewelry and having fun together as well. So just go to YouTube and, and search Lori Crete and my show will come up. But I want, as we wrap it up, cause I've taken a ton of your time, which I appreciate. No, I'm, I'm thrilled. Are you kidding? <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Two to three success tips that you want to share with anyone listening in. That, you know what, this is perfect. Can I even like niche this down your share? Somebody who's in the beauty industry, feeling beat up and maybe wants to step into a different area of passion to create profits. I would
1: suggest that idea they have be genuinely authentic, true to to them, personal to them. And they, they start with that vision and they stick with it. So it isn't like some idea that they're kind of believe in, but they're hoping others can help them fine tune it because in today at this time, it's like, find an idea you love, stick to it. Also then bring in, or when I say stick to it, like when you're thinking about it, that's what you're thinking about. What do I love about this? What do I want to do? What are your goals? And then, so staying true to your vision, patience and perseverance is like all part of it, sticking with it. But, Finding somebody that can consult and give you advice that you respect and admire. You never know what you're going to hear, especially if you're transitioning or you're starting. Like like you said, going from the beauty business, let's say into jewelry, you know, just I took a chance. I was willing to not have a, as a successful as a business to do something I really loved. But if that isn't the answer, and it's and it's mostly like business driven, then I would say it still should come from a place of passion, something you really love doing, because I re- it really goes back to: Are you proud of what you're doing? Are you making a difference? Do you feel proud when you leave every day after work, as tired as you are? Are you inspired still? And are you empowered by it? And what this new idea that you're going to transition to make you know, think about that. You think you'll be that? What's the pathway to get there? And the pathway is like on a physical and technical level, try to find somebody that can give you advice, research. Now we have the internet. I mean, back when I was young, we didn't have that. You'd have to go reference libraries or whatever. Now you can look on the internet, start seeing people that have done what you're interested in doing, read some of their stories, like line yourself up with like minds, people that are doing that. And you can listen to podcasts, you could listen to like master classes on it. So it's like kind of, you know, I don't ever believe in going in anything half heartedly. Go into it, you know, all eyes open, feet and hands first.
0: So I think one of your, the favorite shares that you gave me today is that you showed up at your first job with a tackle box and homemade lookbook. Right.
1: And I didn't have, I just knew I'd heard about Way Bandy somewhere and I knew if I got his book and I went and I bought it and then I studied it and I practiced, you know, you just got to be willing to do the work. So like, I don't know what somebody would transition from beauty, but whatever, like maybe make your own line, you know? Yes. This point now looking it up, like even for you and then learning like, what are my possibilities? What are my goals? What do I want? How much time can I devote to this? Really? That's that's you know, how much money do I have to start? And what can I do with that? Start small. You don't need to be the number one, you know, in that in, right away. You'll get there,
0: you know? Yeah. And have some fun. I- I always say you can't go to graduate school when you're in the first grade, like you have to learn and go up those tiers to get to that. And I think people forget there's an in-between. Oh, that's so well said.
1: Really great job, Lori, on that.
0: You got it. Remember what I said earlier?
1: I said, I like to build a strong foundation before I move to the next one. So you're right. It's like you finish you know, grade school, you go to middle school, you finish middle school, which gets you ready for high school. You finish high school and if you're so lucky or you really, you know, work hard, you go to undergrad and undergrad then gets you to grad. You know, I mean, that's right. There's a process. Yeah. The You can only do so. I mean, you know, there's, there's exceptions to the rule, but you know, most of us have to take, have to work the steps.
0: Okay. The last question I'm going to ask you today is what is your favorite beauty product? Because once a makeup artist, always a makeup artist, there's something you're obsessed with right now. I mean, if I showed you my makeup drawers,
1: it, it's embarrassing. I, I have to like, I have to force myself to get rid of stuff. It's so bad. In the old days, I could keep it. I, I only, just two years ago, got rid of my makeup kits. I had 10 of them. That, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think I opened it up. I was like, I could never even use this on anybody. And so old. I was like, I don't want to part with it. It was so, like the desert with all the cracks in the makeup. Totally. <laughs> So I would say one thing I'm really into and it it's surprising, and I'm going to plug Rob's brand because I love it. Rob has a men's skincare line called Profile oh. for Men. woo And they have oh a website. So came out with a skincare line for men. He has a skincare line for men, and he's had it for like a couple of years now. It is so good. I mean, this is called Recharge. And, and I use his products, and I love them. So profile for men, but I'm also really, I have to say, since I was a young girl, I've washed my face with Cetaphil. I would never change that for anything. I'll use a, a balancer like Kiehl's Cucumber. I love that or Calendula. And I love my, my skincare. I do Rob's, but I really love the goop cream. I have to say that. Have you used any of the goop products?
0: No. And I love Gwyneth. I go on her site and look around all the time. I think it's brilliant how she's actually transitioned into another area of passion.
1: Wonderful. A great mother, a great partner, a great friend. I've noticed since she's young, but I wouldn't buy Goop if I didn't love Goop. She knows that about me. And so there's so many products if you guys go on and, you know, I love their night cream. And I also like, I'm one of those, I love the, what's it? The Talk to Harper. You know, I love, I like organic. Tata Harper, yeah,
0: she's from Vermont. I want to get her on the show. Maybe. She'll oh my be I don't
1: know her anything about her, but I just I love. I'll switch up Cetaphil and then her cleanser and her eye cream, and I love all that. Listen, I'm being a makeup artist. I love to switch my routine up. I really do. So I'll stick with something for a while, and I'll bring new things in because so I really feel like your skin responds better when you mix it a little, and it doesn't just know exactly what it's getting. It needs to have a little variety as well. But the key thing is continually to clean your skin and just keep it fresh. And when you work out, rinse your face, you know, get sleep, drink lots of water. We know that. I mean, you know that.
0: Well, I, and what you're saying is cracking me up because I have always thought about, and I don't know if I'll do it or not creating a skincare line based on adro- astrological signs. And I would have two different sets of skincare for my Gemini. It, so it's funny
1: that you're like, I always want to mix it up. I'm true to the form. I said that I have like two routines. I use my husband's men's line. I use it. I'm mean, like, it's hilarious. It's so true about me. Well, can you imagine what, what the design team that works with me is like on a daily basis, trying to design, come up with one idea. I'm like, no, no, no. It's seriously crazy. Like they have to edit me down
0: so much well it's it's part of being a visionary like you need people that are can control your ideas because if you i'm the same way they're all over the place i also oh, I forgot to show you uh, whoa whoa i forgot to show you my peace sign ring oh i saw that on the website
1: oh, that oh. so cool was your id bracelet i just had to show it to you because i was wearing
0: mine and i forgot that should be like marketed as a covid piece so you can look at it and calm yourself down
1: and that's so true. I mean, it's, it's yeah. for you know peace of mind, peaceful spirit. Yeah. Just like namaste. I mean, that, you know, in the yoga world and, and the meditation world, that really is my internal peaceful reminder. For
0: it's sure. gorgeous. All your stuff is gorgeous. I, I know everybody's going to go on there and check it out. And also, okay, so I'm going to get up close to the camera and I want you to tell me with your expert, if I were on your movie set, I have the worst dark circles in the whole entire world. And some headshot gal said, it's not your... You know your eyes. It's just you, your bone structure. So, is there anything that I could wear that would help my dark circles from your makeup artist expertise and being on set?
1: Okay, so two things. One is it's really important that you get these, like anything that you could ice with in the morning. This is, I believe, a lot of those pockets are are allergy based and um, sinus related, and so like trying to flush your sinuses by drinking a lot of water, but also. You know, some of it is just how we're born and your skin might be thin there. Who knows? could be dietary. So I would suggest what I use is the Christian Dior. It's the Dior show. And there's like a liquid and it's a, a concealer and finding your color, like one of the natural beiges. And I use the, right now I'm into the La Mer foundation, the liquid foundation. I'm obsessed with that. And so you take, take and just dot your concealer underneath. The, okay. Try the Dior. Like I said, it's thick enough, but it's also really natural. And then just in the corner where you have your darkness, dab um, a little. You could get this clay de peau. Oh, I have it. First, put your Dior. Okay. And then when you do it, this is the most important thing I could tell you, being the queen of covering under eyes back in my day. Don't just do your raccoon. Take it and blend it out and put it on the bridge of your nose. Okay. So, so it, you know, and also use a stipple effect. Don't rub it down, leave it in there, stipple it nicely. And then remember to blend it down in and then to take your, you, it's, I like where your blush is right now. It's perfect. And I like how your foundation, wow. the way Orgasm. you're lit. Orgasm by NARS, favorite Ooh. blush ever. I love Orgasm by NARS, it's true. That's a good one. And so then take a powder and thinking, what it, who is it that has, oh, the best powder to set your concealer is Laura Mercier. It's a, okay. it's a translucent white powder and you just set it under your eyes. And I'm telling you, make all the difference in the world. And then when you clean at night, you use an eye makeup remover, but like, you know, always go on away from pulling out and then take
0: that off
1: and put a little bit of like maybe some cold pads on it. Cucumber pads makes a huge difference.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have those little eye gels and that's what I tell all my clients, especially in the desert, you know, the eye masks. Yep. Yeah. I got this new thing I got on, of course, isolation has made me shop
1: on Instagram now for the silliest things. And I got these like ice popsicles and they stay in glass and I roll them on my eyes and it's really, it's helping because I have the worst dark circles. I think they're called cryo balls or something. (laughs) (laughs) You can use them on your clients. (laughs) It'd be really cool. But but yeah, so I mean, Amanda, right now, Jour is the Dior whatever show. And the Lemaire Foundation and the Lemaire Compact Powder. Those are what I've been wearing. And my blush, I've been doing the Gucci Westman Stick. Oh, okay. That's good. You can throw it in your purse, put it on your lips, anywhere, right? Right. Right. I've been doing it on my eyes and on my cheeks and my lips. Very nice. Well, Cheryl,
0: you are so lovely. Thanks so much for having this
1: fun conversation with me. And just remember, we all have to be kind and be safe and wear our masks. You know, for we we if we don't wear them for ourselves, we wear them for
0: others. It's just being a good person. I agree. I, you know, I have a lot of friends in small towns in Vermont. They don't, I mean, they're like the least amount of COVID right now. And they said, what is it like? I'm like, I honestly haven't left my house without a mask since March because if it allows people to be able to go back to work and to live a normal life again. I'm all in. I'll
1: do it. That's right. I am so with you. I just had to say that. And again, you know, I always say it like to the young entrepreneurs, you know, be proud of what you're doing and stick with it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Don't hang oh, up. Beautiful. yet. I love talking to you. This made my day. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, keep in touch with me. All right, Lori. I and mean, then get us the address where to send the bracelet. We're we're yeah. there. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.
0: Don't forget to go do your business a favor. Check out the contract vault, you guys. Seriously. You'll find all of the beauty industry specific contracts that you need right at your fingertips. So it's thecontractvault.com dot forward slash ref forward slash beautybiz, and just remember to use your promo code Lori L O R I, and you will get twenty percent off your first month. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Beauty Biz Show. If you enjoyed the show and you would take the time to leave a kind review over on iTunes, that is very much appreciated. And if you find you are left craving more beauty biz inspiration and success tools, then you're going to want to head over to beautybizclub.com, which is the premier online success academy where talented practitioners go to maximize their potential and to become booked perfectly. Again, that is beautybizclub.com and it would be my pleasure and my honor to help you tap into your highest potential in the beauty industry.